you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stort Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Andy Storch Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm so excited that you're joining me today for what will be a short solo episode. And of course, you know this is the show that is all about starving our fears, following our dreams, and fulfilling our true potential. And today I want to focus in on the starving your fears part. And I want to particularly talk about the number one fear, which is public speaking. And it really ties closely to an overall fear of social or social anxiety, which is, you know, could be categorized as a fear. So when you look at, uh, and this came up because I've heard from a few different people recently, um, friends, that this is their biggest fear. And uh, so I looked it up, and of course, no surprise, you've probably heard this before, that the number one biggest uh, fear or most feared thing uh, by Americans or people overall is public speaking. In fact, we fear it more than death and more than animals and snakes and heights and drowning and all kinds of things that people are afraid of. Um, Public speaking is the number one fear which is, it's crazy that people fear that more than other things, but they do. And I want to dig into why that is and talk about how to get past that, if that's you. And I think it's a lot of people, most people. So I started to wonder why is public speaking such a terrifying thing to most people? Um, It's something that I've been doing for a while, and it still certainly makes me nervous, but it's not something I get as afraid of. Um, but a lot of people get really fearful of it. And I realized or I knew that, you know, when you think deeply about it, it's really about judgment, right? We are so afraid of the judgment of others that if we get up in front of a room and we start speaking, we're presenting something, we're showing something off, um, you know, it doesn't even have to be speaking, right? It could be dancing. It could be performing some type of athletic um you know, feet or, or in a game or something in front of other people, um, people get scared, right? Because they're afraid of judgment. What are people going to think of me and what I put out there? And I start wondering, why are we so afraid of judgment? Why do we have such social anxiety about what other people think of us? And what I realized, just doing a little bit of digging, a little bit of research, is that it really is very natural and inherent to us as human beings. If you think back thousands or even millions of years um, about how humans evolved and, you know, came to essentially dominate this planet that we live on, planet Earth, right? Humans are not the strongest or the fastest or the most agile uh, or maybe the most adept or um, the most resilient animals uh, when it comes to survival out there, right? There are plenty of animals bigger than us, uh, plenty that are faster than us, and yet humans um, have, you know, essentially risen to the top of the food chain, dominated all other animals, and, and made this earth ours, right? And this is not about um, human domination of animals. It's not about um, anything environmental or political or anything like that. It's just about how we became 
the most dominant creatures. And it is essentially because humans found a way to come together in groups and support each other, right? Hunt together, live together, um, protect each other in, you know, tribes and communities, um, eventually in cities. And you think about how we've come together as humans. And we have really come to a point, well, we, we came to a point where we relied on being in a group together. And so if you're in a stay a small group, a tribe, if you will, that um, helps you survive, right? You know, certain people bring in food, certain people um, make the homes and, and all that stuff. Then you are heavily reliant on remaining in that tribe. If you somehow lose your way and get um, kicked out, ostracized, or um, I don't know, get lost and lose the tribe, you're out on your own. And then you are exposed to the elements and to those animals who are bigger and faster and who could come after you. So at the end of the day, you know, we don't have surveys from humans thousands of years ago, but probably their biggest fear was being ostracized, being kicked out of a tribe because then they would be on their own. And, you know, even if you're an introvert and you like being on your own, you don't want to be on your own out in the jungle, in the wilderness um, with, uh, you know, big animals around that could, that could kill you and eat you, right? And so we don't want to do anything that might offend a group or make a group say, you know, ah, this guy just does not fit in. We're going to have to get rid of him, right? And that's still inherent in our brain that we have that fear that if we get up in front of people and we say something that is perceived as, you know, not that great, whatever, people are not impressed, they might be like, you know, I didn't like it. Let's vote him off the island. Um, let's get him out of the tribe. And then we get kicked out, right? Now, we know modern society, I'm recording this in January 2019, we don't have anything to worry about when it comes to that. Yes, we still belong to clubs and churches and social groups and workplaces. And yes, people do judge each other all the time. And yes, you can be um, blocked from joining a group or kicked out of a group. I mean, I'm right now I'm in a few different uh, closed groups that you have to pay to get into where people support each other and push each other to be more successful mastermind groups, if you will. And, you know, much like with a company, people get kind of interviewed if they want to join and um, people have been asked to leave because they didn't fit in uh, socially. They weren't really doing the work and they weren't holding up their end of the bargain. Uh, so that stuff still happens. You can be judged. You can be rejected. Um, that still happens in society. But I can tell you, I can guarantee you that um, if someone gets asked to leave my mastermind group, um, they're not going to be eaten by a lion, right? They can go join another group. They can go off on their own. They can go, you know, work and not worry about being in a group like that. They probably have a family at home. Um, you know, they probably live in a three bedroom house in a city uh, with police protection and fire protection and um, everything they need to survive. And yet, and yet, still that feeling of rejection is painful. In fact, uh, I was at a program this last week where they talked about a science experiment where um, they looked at, uh, I think it was college students, of course, because college students are always the ones being um, studied because they're willing to do anything for money, right? Um, but college students uh, who were uh, playing ball with each other uh, in groups of three, and then at some point, 
uh, one of the members was ostracized. They, they the other two stopped passing the balls to them, and that third member uh, no longer got the ball and had to sit there and watch the game go on without them. And they measured the brain activity of this third person who was no longer allowed to play with the other two. And what they found, what they found, it's fascinating that the um, the act of being rejected, socially rejected by a group is equally as painful to the brain as breaking a leg or being punched in the face. Let me repeat that. The act of being socially rejected is equally as painful as be, uh, breaking a leg or being punched in the face. So if you're one of those people that grew up trying to be a tough guy and getting in fights and you think you're really tough, but you were really doing it just to fit in and be cool and not be socially rejected, you were actually possibly choosing less pain by getting in physical fights um, than you would have to face if you got socially rejected. Um, and this social rejection could be a group telling you they don't want to hang out with you anymore. It could be a breakup. Um, and this is why breakups are so hard, right? Why they can be so hard. We're being socially rejected by someone and it's painful. It's really painful to be socially rejected. So I want you to think about that and then bring logic back into the equation, right? Are you actually being hurt? No. If you go up in front of a group and give a presentation or a speech and they love it, of course they love it. If they don't like it, will you be ostracized? Will they judge you? Will they kick you out of the group? Probably not. Um, and even if they do, will you actually be harmed? Will you be hurt? What's the worst that can happen? And yes, it would be painful to be rejected. But what are the chances that something like that really happen? So I ask you to think about that because I think when you bring logic into the equation to think things through, then it can be helpful. Now, at the end of the day, it's not going to help you get over that fear of being rejected. I think what happens, what you need is a bigger why. You need a bigger reason why you're going to give up, get up and give that presentation. Maybe it's because you want to get better at starving your fears. Maybe it's because you want to grow a business or a personal brand. Um, you want to put yourself out there more. And I promise you that, you know, whether it's any of those things, the more you practice, the more you do it, the more you will realize that it's not that bad. People are rooting for you. They don't want to reject you. They don't want to um, be mean or kick you out of a group. And, you know, if a few people don't like what you have to say, it's not going to hurt you. It's, it's really okay. And I've talked about this before, but fear is essentially the perceived lack of control. And the more you do something, uh, the more experience you get, the more perceived control you have, and therefore, um, the less fear you have. So um, you think about skydiving. That's the example I go back to because I learned some of this from uh, Larry Yach, who's a former Navy SEAL who's jumped you know thousands of times out of planes, that you know the first time you do it, it's scary as hell because you don't know what's going to happen. You, you logically know that you know, the parachute's going to go out and you're going to be safe, but it's still really scary. After you've done it 50, 100 500 times and you know exactly what you're doing and what's going to happen, then you probably have very few nerves because you've done it so many times and you have control over the situation. You know what's going to happen. Same thing can be true with public speaking. 
Um, you know, I facilitated probably hundreds of workshops at this point, and I still get a little bit nervous, but I'm not too afraid to get up in front of a group that often because, um, I, you know, most of the time if I'm prepared, uh, I'm in control. I know kind of what's going to happen. Now, giving a speech in front of a new group or something, of course, I'm going to be more nervous, maybe more afraid, uh, because I don't know how they're going to um, receive what I'm talking about. But most likely, unless it's something extremely controversial, they're probably going to receive it fine. They're going to like me. Hopefully, they're going to love me, but they're not going to hate me or reject me, right? And another secret about public speaking, by the way, is that people are rooting for you. I don't know if you have sat through many presentations or speeches. Um, I have sat through many. And I can tell you that I'm always rooting for the person up there. I can tell when they're nervous sometimes. And I'm rooting for them even more. I'm like, oh. Who are you talking? Oh, I'm recording. I'm recording a podcast, buddy. I got my, got my sons here sitting on my lap. Um, I'm rooting for them even more if I'm feeling nervous. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't sometimes judge people and say like, oh, I really think they went on too long or... Uh, I don't think they should have done that. Like certainly because I've given so many presentations, I tend to get a little bit more um, critical sometimes of certain things that people do, but not that critical. It's really just a few pet peeves I have. Like one of them is when someone says, uh, oh, this presentation is supposed to last until two o'clock, but I think we'll probably finish early. And then they actually go over. Uh, That's the worst (laughs) because I think there's a psychological um, thing that happens in the mind where you're like, oh, I'm going to get out of here early. And then it goes over and then people just stop paying attention. So don't do that. Um, but anyway, going back to that, I'm rooting for them. People are rooting for you. They want you to succeed. Uh, unless you're saying something. Okay. Just a second, buddy. Um, people are, people are rooting for you. They want you to succeed. And think about how you perceive other people when you're in presentations or speeches. Like you want them to do well. You want them to give you good information. And, um, you know, you're probably even willing to give them good feedback at the end to help them get better. So think about that. Next time you have an opportunity to get up in front of a group group or a room and give a presentation, um, think about Helen Packham, who uh, starved her fears Uh, If you heard her uh, interview on my podcast earlier uh, a few days ago uh, and got up and gave a TED Talk in front of 1,500 people, and now she does that stuff on a regular basis, um, think about that where your social anxiety is coming from, that, you know, history of the brain and how we wanted to stay in social groups and how it's really no longer logical, just sort of like how all these fears we have come from our caveman brains, if you will, that we're always looking for problems, risks things that could come out and attack us. And those things are not really logical anymore. We don't have to worry about those things so that now our fear goes to all these social type situations. It all goes back to that, um, you know, ancient caveman brain, if you will. Uh, But we really have a lot less to worry about than we used to. Certainly um, to be uh, many people, by many people's measure, to be successful in today's society and be successful in business, we need to have a good network and make friends or good business contacts. And so you need to think about how to be a good business partner, a good friend, um, to be humble and honest and authentic, and all the things that will make you likable. Because being likable is uh, a certainly an important thing in today's society. But when you're feeling that social anxiety, you can think about, okay, what is this fear coming from? It's from my fear of rejection. It's the fear of judgment of what other people are going to think about me. And is this fear logical? And 
will it get better if I get practice, if I just do it? And then finally ask the question that I think is so important in any of these situations, which is what is the worst that can happen? If I give this speech or this presentation or I make this video or I put this out there, what is the worst that is going to happen? By the way, I can tell you when it comes to making videos or recording a podcast like this and putting it out there online, people are really afraid of doing that too. I mean, I've definitely felt a lot of nervousness and and fear sometimes putting stuff up. But again, what is the worst that is going to happen? Are people going to reject me or send me hate mail? No. The worst that's going to happen is that people are not going to watch it. They're going to look at it the title or whatever and be like, eh, that's not interesting to me. Or they'll start watching it and be like, nah, that's boring. And then they skip by, right? And then maybe your effort is kind of wasted, but no one is going to reject you from society or kick you out or um, probably even send you hate mail. I mean, you got to be pretty big time, I think, to get some, you know, nasty comments and hate mail, right? I haven't, I definitely haven't gotten there yet. So, um, so think about what's the worst that can happen if you give up and get up and give that presentation, what's the worst that can happen? Are people going to boo? No. No, people are not going to do that, right? Probably the worst thing that's going to happen is that people walk out and be like, "Nah, that was really not that interesting. That was kind of boring, right? Um, or maybe someone gives you some feedback and says that, hey, you did this and I thought you could have done that better and it would be painful in the moment, but it will help you improve. That's it. That's the worst that could happen, right? <clears throat> I, you know, and if other people spend a lot of time sitting around judging you, uh, I like to say that's their problem, not your problem. Uh, I try to live my life without judging people most of the time. I hope you do the same. And the less we do that, the less others will judge us. So the next time you have an opportunity to stand up in front of a group, I invite you, I challenge you to starve your fears, to take a chance and to pump yourself up. Think about what is the worst thing that can happen and am I prepared for that? And if you are, then get up there. Give it a shot. It's going to be hard. It's going to be scary. It might even be painful if someone gives you some uh, constructive feedback afterwards. But I promise you, you'll be a better person as a result of taking that chance because growth happens on the other side or growth comes on the other side of discomfort. The more we are able to uh, try new things, to get uncomfortable, to do things that we're afraid of, uh, the more often we end up developing and growing and getting better, the more accomplished we feel, the more fulfilled we feel. Um, because we're overcoming these big challenges, uh, which also builds more confidence and our abilities to go out and do more and more. And that's why, uh, you know, I do more of this stuff because I keep doing more of it, which allows me to be more confident to do more of it. And it's not that I don't still feel nervous or get scared from time to time, because as I've said in the past, courage is not the lack of fear. There is no such thing as uh, fearlessness. Courage is recognizing your fear and then taking action anyway, because you know it's going to make you a better person or help society or help you grow your business or whatever it is that you need to do. So think about that. What's the worst that can happen? What can I gain from this? What is my why? What is my purpose? And I know that I'm going to grow by being uncomfortable. So let's get out there, everybody. Let's starve our fears. Let's follow our dreams and let's fulfill our true potential I am your host, Andy Storch. I am right here with you. I am doing things that I am afraid of. Um, Like later today, I'm getting on a plane with my two kids and flying across the country on my own with two little kids, which should be fun. I'm nervous, but I'm also excited. And I know that we'll get through it um, and it will make me a better parent and a better person. And uh, just like with anything else, uh, let's get out there. Let's get uncomfortable. Let's do this together. I'm here with you. Let's go.